Welcome to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, and thank you for joining us as we share the good news of Christ's love. We share a rich tradition as a diverse and welcoming congregation. We strive to meet people where they are and join them on their faith journey as we carry out our mission to love God, love neighbor, and change the world. Well, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. We say a word of greeting to those of you here in the sanctuary, as well as those who are streaming and watching on television. We're thankful for your presence as well on this sixth Sunday in the season of Pentecost. We're grateful that you would choose to be here this morning. Dr. Frode Gunderson is with us today. It is his first Sunday. He will be very much a part of this service of worship, and I know you will be blessed as a result. But we're grateful that you would choose to focus on the joy of being with the rest of us in this holy place at this holy time. I invite you to stand as you are able for our call to worship. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Sing the glory to his name. Give him glorious praise. All the earth worships you. They sing praises to you. Sing praises to your name.
please join in our opening prayer as printed in your bulletin. Let us pray. Oh God, we come today out of the busy and stress of our lives to seek your presence. Draw us out of our worries and fears, our anxieties and distractions. Draw us into the light that we may know more fully and that through your spirit, we may be free to experience the hope of your presence. Amen. Please be seated.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. God of love and mercy, we come to you today offering all of ourselves, the things that lift us up and the things that weigh us down. We pray for Mary Boyce and family in the death of her aunt, Mary Larson, that you would hold them in their grief and show them that they are not alone. We ask for your healing for the sick and injured, especially Deb Rice, Donna J. Davis, and Susan Axelrod. But God, we also give thanks for all of the blessings of this life, especially the new members of our church, Abby Lassiter, Chuck Massey, Derek Shelton, Scott and Kim Roten, Reverend, and God, we are grateful that you know every prayer on our hearts, even if we don't speak them aloud. And so we offer up these prayers to you now. Lord, in your mercy, hear these prayers as we pray the one that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. us just come forward to receive our offering we thank you for your generosity because you give each week we're able to use our technology and equip our technology team to tell stories for all people to appreciate uh, such as the round table or the staff squabble game show and many other podcasts we're also able to air our services online uh, to people around Arkansas around the nation and around the world uh, each week, we post all of our services, sermons, and our discussions on our podcast, podcast page, if you're not aware of that. And this is all made possible because of your generosity and the vision of our senior pastor to increase our ability to communicate. Uh, you can find ways to give on the back of your bulletin. Let us pray. God, we thank you for every opportunity you give us to present our tithes and our offerings. Receive our gifts. In Jesus' name, amen.
Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is one true church, apostolic and universal, whose holy faith let us now declare. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all his works, and whose will is ever directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of our deliverance from sin and death. We believe in the Holy Spirit as the divine presence in our lives, whereby we are kept in perpetual remembrance of the truth of Christ and find strength and help in times of need. We believe that this faith should manifest itself in the service of love and set forth our example of our blessed Lord to the end, that the kingdom of God may come upon the earth. Amen. standing as we read today from the 10th chapter of the Gospel of Luke, these holy words. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Before you're seated, please take a moment to greet each other in the name of Jesus Christ. We again say a word of greeting to everyone this morning. We're grateful for your presence as we gather this Sunday morning. We appreciate this being Dr. Gunderson's first Sunday with us, we look forward to many, many opportunities to be able to worship and celebrate our faith together under his leadership with our music ministries. We want to say a word of appreciation to those who are watching in Malvern and DeWitt and Gurdon, Arkansas, as well, of course, as those who are watching in our respective hospitals across the state. We say a word of greeting to you as well. We are always thankful that you would choose to worship with us. I just have to tell you all something. This is rather unscripted, so hang on. But um, this past week, I watched a video of a pastor of another church who uh, 
made it abundantly clear in his opinion that churches like Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church are dying, that they don't really have much of a purpose anymore, and that those are the kind of congregations that won't be around very long. Well, let me just tell you that that is an absurdity, and I can also assure you that right now, we probably have had more people join our congregation in 2022 than any other United Methodist Church in the state of Arkansas. We also have the largest television audience that continues to grow. We also have the largest online numbers that continue to grow. So nanny nanny boo boo to this particular person that said that. See? My grandkids are with me. I revert to being a four-year-old pretty quickly, but I, I, don't, I don't necessarily need them to make that happen. But uh, we are thankful for your presence. We are a growing congregation. We have had months now of people joining every single Sunday in both of our uh, venues in contemporary worship as well as in here. And so we are a thriving church. We're going to continue to grow, and you're going to hear all kinds of nonsense along the way. Just remember it's nonsense. We are Pulaski Heights. Enough said, right? So we're grateful for your presence. Let us bow our heads. O Lord, in the silence of this moment, prepare our hearts and our minds to hear your word for us this day and work your will in our lives. Amen. When I was working on my doctorate, I had to do some serious research, and in the process of doing so, I ran across an article that was both frightening and convicting at the same time. I was in the library at SMU, and as I was thumbing through, the title of the article was intriguing to me. It was about type A impatient personalities, so it had my name written all over it. <laughs> and I began to read this article, and I found myself very concerned. There had been a lengthy study done on type A impatient personalities, people who are constantly filled with angst, people who are continually frustrated because oftentimes people in life do not cooperate with type A impatient personalities. We are the kind of individuals that go into the grocery store, and if the lane in which we can place our items to pay for is not completely empty, then we get upset. If we pull into the bank and we can't pull right up and do business in the bank, we get upset. If we have to wait on someone, it's a terrible, terrible way to live. And it's the way I live. It is frustrating. There are times when I get resentful and angry over the most pitiful of reasons. And as I read this article, it was shocking to me because the researchers had made a determination in doing physical exams on type A individual uh, persons that over the course of many years, it takes a toll on one's body. In fact, they came to the conclusion, now hear this, that type A impatient personalities live in such a way that by the end of their lives, their health is the equivalent of one who has smoked two packs of cigarettes a day. That is the toll it takes on one's body. And of course, as you can imagine, at the end of the article, it gave ways in which one could avoid living like that. Now, I struggle with being impatient. 
and I struggle as a type A personality. I have a lot of interest in getting a lot done as quickly as possible. And that is not always a healthy or good thing for obvious reasons. It literally takes years off of one's life. One day, Jesus is invited into the home of Martha. Her sister Mary is there as well. And while Martha is frantically preparing for a meal and hosting the one who is God in flesh, Mary is nowhere to be found with regard to assisting. Martha discovers that Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, which, by the way, in that culture and day and time, was completely inappropriate and out of place. Only men would sit at the feet of a teacher. But Mary has taken on the posture of a disciple. She is listening to Jesus. And as you can imagine, type A personality Martha, who's trying to achieve and get things done and be a gracious host, hostess, is very upset. What are we going to do about this? She strategizes in her own mind. Clearly, she must have had this conversation with Mary before because now she's going to rely on Jesus to be the one to assist. She goes in and she says, Jesus, tell Mary to help me. Assuming that Jesus would say, Mary, get off the floor, get up and go set the table. But that's not what happens at all. In fact, Jesus says to Martha, your sister is the one that's got it right. She is the one sitting and listening. Why don't you just sit and listen. It's an extraordinary story for a variety of reasons. It's really about two different kinds of personalities who encounter the Christ and have to make a determination about what they are going to do when they are in the presence of Jesus. One who is an achiever, who wants to accomplish, is busy trying to achieve and accomplish and one who just wants to sit and listen and soak up the moment in the presence of Jesus does just that. The challenge for people like me is that if we are not careful, the resurrected Christ comes to us in some kind of circumstance, some kind of event in the life of another person whom we encounter and we're too busy trying to accomplish and we miss the opportunity instead just to sit and listen. Our culture has created this environment, of course, where when one is successful, there is evidence of that, and oftentimes the evidence is produced through numbers and other criteria. Evidence that we have done well. It's certainly true in the life of the church. We are constantly in the process of having to report numbers. Continually, every week we have to report worship attendance. Well, as you can imagine, because of COVID, there was a period of time when the big number was a fat zero, but they changed the rules. And now you could count people who watch online. That's new, but technology is advanced enough that that has to happen. I'm now ready for them to count people on television as well. We suddenly are one of the largest United Methodist churches in the entire world if we get to do that, which I think is a great achievement, don't you? What an accomplishment that would be. 
We have to turn in year-end reports. We have to let you know at the end of the year how many people were baptized, what's the average attendance in Sunday school, how many children come to the children's department each week, how many youth show up for UMYF, and all of those different kinds of things that we have to produce. How much money we spend on missions, how much are our salaries, all of those kinds of things. And then there is a determination made about whether or not we are quote-unquote successful as a church. We all know what that's like in places of business. Bonuses are often based on what one achieves, what one accomplishes. And so oftentimes we are driven to work and work and produce, and we're not in a position to be able to just sit and listen and glean information from those who are most beneficial to us. Martha was clearly an achiever. I mean, who wouldn't want to be doing the best that she can do? If Jesus is in your home, you want everything to be in place. You want to do the best you can. But Mary's got it figured out that this is an encounter with our Lord. And the most important thing is to sit down and listen to what it is Jesus has to say. We can get so busy doing things that we miss things. We miss encounters. We miss relationships. We miss God if we are not careful. And it's important for all of us to recognize that there are moments in life when we need to achieve and we have to accomplish. But there are also those gracious times when our responsibility is to do nothing but what Mary did, and that is just sit and listen. If we just are busy going about doing the work that we have to do, even in the life of the church, we can find ourselves spiritually hollow, but we've accomplished a great deal at least with regard to numbers. Then faith without works becomes works without faith. When the pandemic first hit, Susan and I still lived in Houston, and they shut down the city of Houston, except for essentials like hospitals and grocery stores, and by the way, liquor stores. Most everything else was closed down. That meant you couldn't go out to eat, couldn't go to a movie. A lot of the things that we were accustomed to doing, there was simply no opportunity to do that. And the traffic in Houston became minimal, which was eerie in Houston, Texas. And so for the first few days, I told Susan, I'm so tired of watching what we called then COVID-19 stories on the news. It's just saturated everything. Let's not turn on the television. Well, if you don't turn on the television, there's not a whole lot else to do. Then you start trying to figure out what to do. And we read a lot. And then Susan said, why don't we go get some crossword puzzles? And I said, you know how long I'd last with a crossword puzzle? A good 30 seconds. Then I'd be bored and I wouldn't want to do it and I couldn't pay attention and all those kind of things. But we did it and we started getting crossword puzzles put together. And we would spend time putting together crossword puzzles and just visiting with each other, just sitting and listening to one another. And then we would get in the car and we would drive around, which you can't do very well in Houston. We would drive around looking at the city, a lot of the places that we hadn't seen before. There wasn't a lot of traffic. There was nowhere to stop and eat. And so we would just talk and drive around. It was really, in a lot of ways, extraordinarily helpful and healthy for our relationship. We were forced to just sit and listen for an extended period of time. And it was so good for us to be able to do that. And then the world catches up, and we get back in the flow of doing and doing and doing. 
And really, one of the great spiritual disciplines that any of us can really practice is finding a way to just sit and listen, to learn how to be patient enough to believe that God really does come to us through people and events and circumstances and situations in life where if we are attentive, we can glean what it is God has to say to us through those particular situations. And it's so important to make that happen. But you got to be patient. And for some of us, that takes every ounce of energy and more. But it is not an impossible task. It is a necessary discipline. Remember, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, love is patient. Paul also tells the church at Galatia that one of the fruits of the Spirit is patience. And John, the revelator, the writer of the book of Revelation, tells the church repeatedly, have patient endurance. You're in this for the long haul, but you got to be patient. Mary was patient enough to recognize she could sit at the feet of Jesus and listen. Martha was too busy to find that experience beneficial. I've talked about this before, but when I was in my late 20s, the bishop called me and said, we're going to send you to a little church, and this church is either going to make it or not make it, depending on you. We've tried other pastors. It hasn't worked. You're our last shot. This church is either going to grow or it's going to die. It's on you, John, to make it happen. Now, I was in my late 20s. That is terribly unfair. And so as a result of that, I was in a position where I had to do what I could do the best I could. And oftentimes, as a result, I found myself in a position of doing and doing and not being. And continually, I found myself trying to do what I needed to do to be who I would need to be. Do we need to stop our service? Let's take a moment, please. Are we all right? I want to take just a moment. Dr. Ingram, do you mind running down there, please, sir? May need just some air. Okay, I think we're in good shape. Okay, thank you. We just want to make sure, you all. We just want to make sure. So the bishop called me and said, go to this particular church and do what you need to do. I found myself as a type A impatient personality with small children, continually placing myself in a healthy situation. Time and again, staying there late at night, going early in the morning, doing things that weren't really in my job description, all trying to keep a church I thought alive. And I found myself doing something that was incredibly unhealthy, believing that it all fell on me to make it happen. I was spiritually empty. The numbers were incredible. We more than doubled in size, and in a period of four years, we grew 400%. And I was hospitalized with exhaustion. And in the midst of all of this, I was informed that I won a national award for turning a church around. 
And so I went to annual conference that year, and I sat in the back. I was extremely weak. I didn't know whether or not I could actually even get up. And when they called my name, sitting at the back of the room, I found myself in a position where I had to walk down to the front, go up some steps, and receive this award, and I needed assistance. And I was in my 20s. After being hospitalized for a period of time, I realized with the doctor's advice that I was going to have to try to figure out how to do some things differently. And it dawned on me. I don't need to die for the church. Jesus already did that. And I'm not Jesus. So the best thing I can do is put things in proper perspective again, realize what I'm capable of doing, give the rest over to God, and learn how to be in the process of just sitting and listening. So I went to my church leadership and I said, I'm not going to all these meetings anymore. I'm not going to do a lot of the things that you need me to do or you're used to me doing. I can't do it anymore. And they said, great, wonderful. Don't do them. We can handle this without you. I was almost offended. What do you mean you can handle this without me? <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times during that period in my life I probably missed grand opportunities to have profound encounters with our resurrected Lord. What is extraordinary about Mary is that Mary somehow appears to be the one who is lazy, unwilling to help. She appears to be the one that doesn't care when in fact she is the one who's got it right. And I think we need to keep that in mind. There are those moments in life where we have a chance to just sit and listen. In some way, we may not literally be sitting on the floor at someone else's feet, but we know we're in a situation where the best thing we can do is focus on the moment and make the most of the moment because we know those other moments in which we have missed God have diminished us to some degree. And those moments will never come back. We don't get that same chance again. I remember over my years in ministry how many times I have known couples who focus all of their energy and all of their attention on their children. I mean, they spend all their time and all their energy making sure the children are taken care of, and who doesn't want to do that? But they do that to the detriment of their own relationship. They don't sit and listen to each other as husband and wife, and eventually, as a result, they find themselves, when their kids go off to college, they don't know each other anymore. And on several occasions, I have known really good couples who have broken up as a result. We've got to be the kind of people that just sit and listen. So I have to tell you, my daughter Rachel is here this morning, and our two grandsons are here as well. They're in the nursery right now. But yesterday, Rachel and Susan hosted a baby, a baby shower, so I got to be with my two grandsons Jackson and Sam yesterday, all by myself in the car. And we went to lunch together, and we went to the car wash. We went to the car wash enough, it cost me $30 to go to the car wash. But it was just me, I'm Pops. It was Pops and his two grandsons. And we went to eat, and we destroyed that restaurant. We did everything we needed to do to let people know we had been there, and we had such a good time. I would never, ever want to miss that opportunity. But the old John would have said, listen, that's all well and good. 
I need to run up to the church. Tomorrow's Sunday. I got to get a sermon done. I need to get everything ready in order, et cetera, that. And I still had to do all of that. And I was still filled with angst on Saturday like I always am getting ready for Sunday. But you know what became most important for me? Being pops. Just sitting and listening and having a great time. And if we need a good example of what it means to sit and listen, look at Jesus himself. Jesus oftentimes just listened to people that other people wouldn't listen to. Remember, he goes to a well to get a drink of water at midday. First of all, men didn't go to the well to get a drink of water. Women drew water from the well because that was a menial task. And nobody drew water at midday. It's too hot. But Jesus is there, and a woman approaches, and Jesus strikes up a conversation with her, and he listens to her. And she becomes the first evangelist, a female Samaritan woman who's been married numerous times, is the first person in human history to tell anybody outside the Jewish community about a man named Jesus because he listened to her when so many other people didn't. When Jesus is writhing in pain on the cross, there is a thief there who derides him and ridicules him. And there's another thief on the other side who says, stop. And then he claims to know who Jesus is. And Jesus says to him, having listened to him, even writhing in all that pain, today you will be with me in paradise. There is this expectation on the part of Jesus that when somebody comes into his presence, he's going to find a way to just sit and listen, if you will. But he also expected that in return. When he taught, when he preached, when he shared parables, Jesus had this expectation that people would listen. He's in their presence, make the most of that opportunity. And it's extraordinary what can happen in our world of busyness and noise. Isn't it interesting how important it is for all of us to reclaim what it means to just sit and listen? with our cell phones readily available 24-7 and ear pods and all those other kinds of things, we find ourselves oftentimes without any kind of opportunity for quiet. I don't do quiet particularly well, but there's something about it. So I'm an early riser. I get up early every morning and trust me, it is very, very quiet. And what I do now is recognize how much that means to me, how important that is to me, how I crave it, because the rest of the day, like you all know, is going to be filled with noise and stimulation and all the things that go with living life. But I have found within myself this capacity now to just sit and listen enough, the older I get, to be able to somehow oftentimes hear what I think is God speaking to me in some book I'm reading or some thought I have or some moment of silence, whatever it may be, where I know that somehow I'm in communion with Jesus. It is as if I am sitting at his feet and just sitting and listening. And we all have to find time for that. Some do it late in the evening. Some do it midday, whenever it may be. It's important for us to do that because we can be so stimulated by the world that we miss these grand opportunities to encounter the one who adores us and longs to be in relationship with us. And all he wants us to do sometimes is just sit and listen. Just this week, working on this sermon, I ran across an article as the pandemic in Seoul, South Korea increased as they were shut down. People were finding ways to do all their work at home like we were in the United States. 
But one guy figured out that there were a lot of people who were busier at home than they were even in their place of employment prior to lockdown. So he opened up a cafe. And the whole premise of the cafe is that if you come into my cafe, you're not allowed to do anything. You can't bring in a cell phone and you can't talk. And what he has done is created a cafe where there is a big window with these different pods where people rent out a pod for a period of time and they look out over a forest and a diffuser blows aromatic into the air. Some kind of soothing and appealing smell. And the only thing one is allowed to do is just sit and look out the window for a period of time. And he has filled every slot every single day and has a long waiting list since he opened. Now it's tough to realize that we live in a culture where sometimes we have to pay just to sit and listen. But we can do that in a variety of ways without having to pay anything. And recognizing that when we do that, I think the resurrected Christ himself longs in that moment to such a degree to be in relationship with us that he's going to speak to us in the moment somehow, some way, through somebody or some situation. Mary and Martha, two sisters, both of them with the best of intentions, Jesus is in their home. Who wouldn't get excited by that? Who wouldn't want to get everything in order? And yet sometimes we can be so orderly and so structured and so busy that when he comes into our home, we don't even know it. So in the midst of our hurried world, let's figure out those different ways where we can just sit and listen in the midst of all the noise and the activity, let's find some moment when we can just sit and listen. And I promise you, if you'll do just that, you'll discover you're sitting at the feet of Jesus himself. Hallelujah. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning and our hymn of invitation is number 438, Fourth in Thy Name, O Lord. As we sing this hymn, as we do every Sunday, we extend an invitation to anyone here in the sanctuary who would like to, in a formal way, unite with Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. You'll find a card in front of you in the pew that says how to join. We invite you to put your name on that card. The ministers will come down to the front during the closing hymn. We invite you to come forward. We'll give you the vows of the church and will celebrate your presence with us today. We will rejoice that you've chosen to be in ministry with us as a part of this great church. Also, for those who are streaming and watching on television, you can be in touch with us during the week through email, or you can call the church, and we'll talk to you as well about how you can unite with Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. We would be thrilled to have you do that as well. So however you choose to do that, we hope today is the day in which you've made that decision as we all stand together and sing.
Well, I wanted to introduce somebody very special to you who's uniting with our church. This is Carol Foster. This is my wife, Susan, by the way. She's already a member if you wondered, but uh, <laughs> she came down with her good friend, Carol. They have been lifelong friends and Carol has decided to unite with our congregation and we are thrilled that she's chosen to be a part of Pulaski Heights in a very special way and that she's gonna be in ministry with us as a part of this church family. So Carol, out knowing by the way that she's a preacher's kid, I will give you the vows that we give all who come forward and that is will you be loyal to Jesus Christ through Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness. We are so glad to have you as a member of our church. We really are, are we? And we have a response as a congregation. We share in that together. Let's welcome Carol into the life of our congregation. We rejoice to recognize you as a member of Christ's Holy Church, and we welcome you to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. With you, we renew our vows to uphold it by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. Now, Carol's gonna exit with us out the back. We do hope that you'll come out, greet her, welcome her into the life of the church, say a word of greeting to the pastors as well. And also, Dr. Gunderson's first Sunday, we hope you'll make a special effort to say a word of greeting to him also. We're grateful that he is with us as well. And we're certainly thankful that you would choose to be with us as a part of this service of worship. So we say, no, it's still my job, isn't it? That's right. So we, I'm so excited you joined. I don't know what to do. Yeah. So we say to all of you, God bless you. Have a great week. Walk with Jesus. And tell somebody about the last Heights United Methodist Church.
Thank you again for worshiping with us today at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. We invite you to visit our website to let us know you were a part of our viewing community today or to learn more about how you can get involved in our ongoing mission to love God, love neighbor, and change the world.